Yo, 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 we are back. We are back. This is Hood Mimosas, where we like to keep it real. I am your boy, Amir. Yo, 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 episode three. It's your boy, Kev. Yes, sir. What's up? This is Ryan waiting for that hot dog eating contest tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't think about that. Yo, yo, what's going on, man? It's Brandon. Um, you know, welcoming everybody back for another exciting episode of the uh, HMPC Hub Mimosas Podcast. Mimosas. So, uh, you know, let's get it, man. Let's yes, get it, sir. Let's get yes, it. sir. We about to start it up. We got issues today. Today, we are dedicating this episode to the entitled uh, and privileged Karen. The Karen. The Karen. I think y'all all know. What we talking about? Uh, anybody want to start off with their Karen? Because we all got specific Karens that we want to talk about. Mayor, I think what you should do. Mm-hmm. I think what you should do. I think What's we up? should What's explain because you know I don't think people really know what a Karen is. So let's let's give people a definition of what we think a Karen is. Hmm. You know. So okay, we gonna start. Out. I feel like a Karen is a white woman. That feels privileged and just feels like she can control every situation in life. And she feels like she needs to be in your business and feels like she got to control you and won't let you live your life. What's up? So basically, you're saying that a uh, Karen is someone who feels that they're they have been they have an over sense of privilege mm-hmm. and basically basically an oversense of privilege and that uh but yeah i'm fucking i'm just gonna say over yeah, privilege, yeah. man. i ain't about to try and uh, overdo it but then there's different levels to it okay. so first you have the becky which is like i like becky teen, which is like <laughs> becky is like going from teen to 20 then there's karen going from like 25 up to Man, listen, 80. <laughs> listen. I go uh, 55, then 55 right. and older, and then you have what's Gertrude. <laughs> We're going to invent the Gertrude. There's, no, it's already been invented. There's levels to the stuff, and then then, then the male version, and there's 10. I know. Uh, there's, it's, I mean, you got to explain the full spectrum, man. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know Karens could graduate. They, they can't. So. With the Karen University. <laughs> <laughs> the Karen University. Called Cassidy University. Cassidy. Cassidy University graduated Sula Kulaw, Madden Kulaw. I graduated Wasp University. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, no. So. So, since we gave our uh, definitions of the Karen, I'm going to give a story of a Karen situation. Matter of fact, it was a couple. It was Kenneth and Karen. This happened in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. O'Fallon, Missouri, to be exact. Mm -hmm. The name of the uh, the couple were the McCloskeys. Oh, that sounds Caucasian, don't it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. The, the McCloskeys. Back it up to the name. <laughs> the, the, na- the name alone, you already know something. You already know they're about to do some up. nonsense. The McCloskeys. The McCloskeys. <laughs> so basically, their act of caucasity was basically taking their guns out and pointing them at protesters. Mm-hmm. Now... The crazy part about this, right? Okay. They're trying to say that, oh, you know, they felt for their lives and this is their property, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. The crazy part is 
they've pretty much been going through a legal battle with the uh, with the town okay. over the property. They're trying to say that it's their uh, property, mm-hmm. but the town saying no. This property is for the neighborhood. Shut up, a, Karen. Yes. <laughs> Karen Kenneth. <laughs> shut shit up. It's not the town, Karen. So basically, what they're doing, they were trying to defend something that wasn't even theirs. Caucasity. You know what I'm saying? Boo! <laughs> Go home and take your potato salad with you. Mayonnaise. That's too much mayonnaise. There's too yeah. much mayonnaise. Yeah, so um so basically, you know, they felt like they could take uh the law into their own hands. Okay. On um something they pretty much had no no authority over. Wow. They had no authority. You know, they're standing on the lawn with their guns drawn or whatever, wow. pointing at the protesters, trying to, you know, I saw that the dude was holding. He was holding a gun, right? Yeah, he was holding an assault rifle, and um, Karen and Karen M- M- McCloskey was was, go- was holding a handgun. The McCloskey. M- the McCloskey. She was holding a handgun. Bo. So it's like you know. Question. What's up? Wasn't the guy a district attorney or some or some type of like? Yeah, they both they both were attorneys. They both were attorneys. And she was holding a handgun. Yeah, they both were attorneys. Had a whole like cannon on. Yeah. Word, what are you trying to do? What are you going to do with that? Like, he was ready for war. What are you going to do? He was going to shoot. Bruh. You got a Karen, too, I heard, right? Oh, man. All right, so this specific incident happened in a Chipotle in Auburn Hills, Michigan, I believe. Okay. Uh, So what had happened, the incident was um, this specific Karen... Bumped into a African American lady or black lady, okay. whose name was or bumped into who's um the daughter of a lady named Tamika Hill, okay. And she asked for an apology, okay. The the Karen asked for an apology. Wait, she bumped into her at the parking lot, right? In the parking lot outside of the Chipotle, okay. And she asked for an apology, right. And like from when I saw the like from what I saw with the video, it was it got escalated, uh-huh. and um she started and then uh, Tamika she started um talk she started ta- started talking to the lady and started they got into it they they, they basically got into it and at the like basically point blank the incident brought to the point where the Karen brought drew a gun yeah you know the husband on the other side he drew a gun as well. So he did draw a gun. I yeah, thought I just saw one gun. Yeah, they both drew guns. Mm. So. Now, I saw that. And I, I'm here to play devil's advocate. Because, you know, yes, that was a Karen move for her to draw that gun out. But I don't feel like... I feel like the mom, she could have de-escalated the situation a little bit. Like, she she didn't help. Like, I get it. I get it. Yes, yeah, you want to record people with... When you got like when you already flustered and you upset, of course your thing is to attack or to defend yourself. Well, my thing is, this. Um, like I, I like I get the whole thing that you say that you know um, her mom could have handled the situation differently. But my mm-hmm. thing is at that present, at that initial time, you're not really thinking about. You understand how you could have done something you know what i'm yeah. saying we all have a plan of action we all have we all have a plan a until it's time to 
act on playing it. You know what I'm saying? And it's sort of like, I think she was one of these ladies that, just like everybody, everybody's like, yo, if I ever get encountered by something, I'm not going to react to that. But then when you really get encountered by something that you don't necessarily think you're going to be encountered by, you you tend to react different and you don't know what what happens. And especially what's going on right now. Yeah. And the tone of the lady, because it's very, we already know what the situation was. You get what I'm saying? So I wouldn't say that she could have handled I think she handled it like anyone else would have handled it. Okay. You get what I'm saying? But again, hindsight is 2020. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, looking back, I'm pretty sure she's like, damn, you know, maybe I could have did this off the strength of my daughter. But at that initial moment, yo, it's like, nah, it's like. You know, someone says something to you and to be that ignorant and that that this day and age right now with with everything that's going on, it's like, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think she acted the wrong way. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty looking back, it's like, yeah, she should have just left her that's alone that. because yeah. you know, people don't you don't remember yeah. what caused someone to act in an aggressive manner, you know what I'm saying? You never forget that you never remember the instigator, you only remember the person who responded. Exactly. But in this situation, with all that's going on, I think people clearly seen it. If I'm not mistaken, is this the group of people that is this the lady that got arrested or was it the other story? No, it, yeah. So I mean in in retrospect, I mean people seen it. I don't yeah. For sake of for sake of being stoic, yeah, yeah. she could have retaliated a different yeah. way. But in the eyes of the law, like people everybody's agreeing with what she did. So my thing is also like, she. I give her ball. I gotta give her credit because that gu- gun got drawn out. And she was still up on. I'm like, uh, she had the camera out. She stood. Had it up. been me, I'd have been like, whoa. And then like, and like another another <laughs> thing, ran. another thing about this story that um I noticed and that I actually appreciate is the fact that they got arrested. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I feel like prior to what's going on to the um you know the BLM movement and you know the protests and everything that's going on mm-hmm. I feel like the cops would have got there and were like did you get shot no no harm no foul Fact. you get what I'm saying so what, I appreciate she, the fact what did she initially what did the lady the lady who instigated this what did she get charged with um I think it was like a felony of like was it Assault. 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 It was assault. It was assault. Yeah. Her and her husband. They both got charged. You get what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. I feel like prior to this, to everything, prior to the climate that we're in now, it would have definitely been like a whole, a no harm, no foul situation. So I really appreciate the fact that I, they got arrested for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's like one of the biggest takeaways I take away from this story. I want to talk about my Karen because this Karen, it happened literally right in our backyards. Right in Montclair, New Jersey. Uh, Brother Fareed Nasir and his wife, Narenda Hyatt. These people, our people, I should say, great successful couple, live in Montclair, New Jersey. They were basically, you know, fixing up their house. They they were setting up a patio in the backyard. Yeah, they were building a deck. And this Karen by the name of Susan, I forget your last name. It's not important, but you are Karen today. <laughs> uh, she basically kind of instigated that he pushed her. And I believe she is their neighbor on the back of their house. Basically, she this Susan, she confronted Mr. Faree about his patio, asking if he had a permit. I don't know if y'all know, but you don't need a permit for that size patio that 
they were creating. Now, she basically said that he pushed her and the whole neighborhood saw the whole altercation and was saying like, nah, you're in the wrong. She had other other women of other white women basically saying you're wrong. They did nothing to you. And the wife, her name is Narenda, who is also an attorney. She's basically saying, yo, you waited two years to confront us. Two years. And like, come on now. Like, we're just building a patio. What does this have to do with you? Like, how did me building a patio affect your life? Anybody want to comment? Because I'm, I'm like. I think with the whole, uh, with that situation right there, um, the one that happened in Montclair. Yeah. I want, the stories are different, but it's kind of similar in principle to what happened in New York. If you guys remember the whole thing uh, with the guy was bird watching. Yeah. The lady didn't have her yeah. dog curb. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like, my whole thing is with the principal, it was sort of like, once she approached this person with this information saying, hey, you need a mm-hmm. permit. Mm-hmm. And that person was able to ref- deflect and say, no, according to state legislator or whatever for this particular type of patio i don't need a permit Mm -hmm. then it got to the thing of playing off of stereotypes Mm -hmm. you understand what i'm saying you know because you know shit's going to happen because you're going to she's going to express her feelings she's going to express her but it's sort of like once you begin to lose once they begin to lose Mm -hmm. that argument to which they started Mm -hmm. they start going off of stereotypes prime Mm -hmm. example it's like but the incident in New York with the lady that was bird watching, mm-hmm. it was sort of like she said that I'm going to call whatever argument they got into in the beginning. She said, I'm, I'm going to call the cops mm-hmm. and say a black man, a black, yeah. a black man yeah. is assaulting me. Mm-hmm. The same thing with this woman. She was going to call the cops and say that she was assaulted. But then it makes you wonder, why are they doing that? Because they already know the stereotype that is played that that mm-hmm. that, that 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 society has laid forth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, that's just the biggest thing. It's not really the acts in which these people are going. It's the underlying principle to which they feel this over... <laughs> sen- they, they feel this sense of entitlement uh, yeah. that doesn't exist. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, and, and talking about that, I mean, I don't necessarily think it was, you know, the initial act. It's just the underlying principle that these, that these instances have. It's sort of like they feel entitled to... A, if I say you have to do something, you have to do it. Yeah. And if you don't do it, and if you're able to articulate why you're not doing it and the shit is correct, then it's they're going to use the police and make up some exaggerated story. And the fact that you being an African-American or, or any other minority based off of the stereotypes that we have in this country, that it's going to be in their favor. You know, I, and that's just more. Not to cut you off, but I feel like they're they're uh, weaponizing the police, and like that's like the most sinister thing you could do, especially nowadays. Because R.I.P. George Floyd, like we all seen what happened, and I mean, like yeah, don't 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 weaponize the police on us. Like that that's we we can either get a ticket or we could die or life in prison. And that's like, yo, bro, come on. Don't don't use your 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 privilege to hurt, to harm. If anything, help us out. We all human at the end of the day. Anybody got another Karen to talk about? You got a Karen? I got another Karen, but I want to just add on to that point okay, about okay. weaponizing the police. I mean, they've been weaponizing the police against us since 
the Jim Crow days, yeah. technically, if you want to say that. They even used. I mean, well, you could take you could ta- you could take it to the, you could take it to Birmingham, Alabama, where they were weaponizing the police and the fire department. But then when, the you, when you look at it like that, <laughs> when you talk about police, you have to remember how this organization was started. Yeah. You know, the, the fraternal order, the fraternal order of police, was invented to do what? Catch runaway Throughout slaves. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a thing of weaponizing something. Mm-hmm. That weapon, that weaponization was already there. You're yeah. just using it to your benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like you know, even with the whole shit with Karens, which, which I fucking find hilarious. You know, like because it's funny how this shit evolved because it was literally. If you remember the whole shit with Karen, it was on some shit like, oh, this is Karen. Yeah. I want to speak to your manager. Yeah, to <laughs> now manager. it's like, yo, this is Karen. I'm going <laughs> to fucking... Like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck she's going to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just crazy how Karen fucking evolved. And it's just like, yo, like... Like I said before, like, I'm against fucking cancel culture. Yeah. But you have to fucking cancel Karen, bro. Because yeah. this... The way... The stuff that... The incidents that you've seen, which involve police, which turn into fatalities yeah this has started off of interpretations off of people labeled as karens and kins mm-hmm. and they're a very big detriment to society you and understand what i'm saying and yeah you know what i'm saying so like that's that's the original karen right there you yeah. know and, and she had the nerve to say on her deathbed that mm-hmm. you know his mother like she was fucking lying yeah. so it's like you know it's crazy but yo fuck all that i mean you know we're young black african-american kings in here like yeah. yo y'all got your own personal karen stories Nobody has a Karen story, bro. I'm trying to think. Oh wait, 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 wait. So we all had. I got. Hold on, I got a Karen story. So basically, I I I work at retail, right? This young lady, Karen, she came into my store with used shoes, right? Used shoes. Like like beat down, beat down. So, she comes up to me and my coworker, and she was like, "I need to return them." Me and my coworker look like, "Yo, you just ran like five miles." You know what I mean? Played tag, did manhunt in these shoes. Like, yo, these shoes are did about twenty somersaults. Like, we can't take it back. What are you talking about? So she's having a fit, and then she goes, "I'm gonna have my my five year old son tear up the whole store. What what can you do about it?" Like, at this point in time, we like, you know what? Like, just let her have it. Like, we'll just, like, mark off the shoes and, like, destroy them or whatnot. You know, retail. Typical retail shit. But it's like, for the simple fact that you had to... Wep- you even bought your little son to terrorize the store. It's like, yo, really? Is this necessary? But I want to I mention another Karen in California. I know y'all seen it. I hope y'all saw it. It was a young lady. I don't even know the names. I don't know names, but they went back and forth. She went back and forth with a Hispanic lady, and the Hispanic lady ended up smacking her. Oh, I did not hear. Oh that. my God! Oh, you talking about it? The she gas slapped in the gas station. Yeah, you talking yes. about the gas station? I heard yes. that. I, I think like they was getting back and they was going back yeah, and yeah. forth, and I think the Karen was like, you know what, you should go back to where you came from, and she got close, and she was like, I'm, I'm born in America, like she like, yeah, 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 and then all you heard, what? I was like, oh, <laughs> it, I mean, listen, she she got too what? close. But I mean, even with shit like that, oh, so we squeak the bunny two times, squeak the two. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, I mean that, that's just the whole thing with 
the whole like I was saying before, the whole issue with Karen, it's just that not not like an over like just a sense of privilege and basically just just their ability just to be obnoxious and, and to just treat people as as things instead of individuals. You understand what I'm saying? And it's just sort of like basically to give you another Karen story, we've all had Karen stories. It's not necessarily you know, a dialogue, but a Karen story is literally you being a black man walking in a predominantly yeah, white neighborhood yeah, yeah. and a woman or people, a group of a, a white woman or whomever, they cross the street. Yeah. We've all had that happen, bro. Yeah. It's been times where I've been sitting on the, um, I've been sitting on the train or I've been in an elevator mm-hmm. and a person, a, a white woman will squeeze her bag a little bit closer, closer, closer yeah. to her chest. And it's just like, bro, I'm not even thinking about you, yo. Yeah, like, like that's happened to me so many times in high school. And it's like, bro, I, I just got out of basketball practice. Mm-hmm. I got SATs to worry about. I'm not yeah. thinking about you. But it's just that, you know, it's just that. You know, I don't, I don't fucking know. You know, Karen's gotta go. <laughs> I got you. I got you. What's up, um, Kev? My, my, cause like, yeah, yeah, I've been to my my cousin's house that live in uh, Livingston. Y'all been there before, very right? Nice. It, it, it's a, it's a very nice house, right? Yes, so whatever. So one time I was going over there, and um, matter of fact, I was leaving there. Mm-hmm. And um, cause he was having a function at the house, you know, cause he does the Father's Day barbecue yeah. every year. Yeah. You know, we didn't have it this year cause of Rona. Fuck you, Rona. <laughs> but um, you know, every year, whatever. So not last year, the year I came, the year prior, I had to park um a little bit further than I usually park because there was no parking spot. So I was going home, whatever, whatever, and I was walking to my car, right. So there was a uh, a Karen mm-hmm. with her daughter, and her dog mm-hmm. walking, right? So it's like, all right, I'm walking. I'm walking to my car. Um, I'm, We're facing each other, but walking in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So she sees me, and then she crosses the street with her daughter and her dog. And it's like, in back of my mind, I'm like, Karen, you don't think I'm worried as fuck? It's dark in Livingston. Yeah. I'm, you know, one is one. It's dark in Livingston. I'm black. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's nothing but, you know, Karen's and Kenneth's that live around here. <laughs> you don't think I'm a little bit nervous walking to my car? Yeah. You get you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like shit like that. It's like, come on now. Like, I'm trying to get to my car. You trying to get to where you gotta go to. If anything, you you walk by me. I walk by you. I'm not even gonna say. Nothing. I'm not even gonna say hi. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Because just off the fact that I don't know where that can go. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Because nah, it, it could it, it could be she could my she probably wasn't a Karen. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? But man, no, she was a Karen because she crossed the street. You know what I'm saying? But it, it she could have probably said hi back. Yeah. But the fact that I had to think. It could have went south mm-hmm. to make me not want to do it. Mm-hmm. Says a lot. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. That says a lot. But I think. What's up? What's up? But no, but I think that um, I think that the emergence of Karen literally came from like their Karens and Kins. Like the emergence of Karens and Kins literally came from their their recognition that. You know, people are starting to become awake, and like, yeah. it's their status in America that's being shaken up. That's being like, that's being tested. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because no longer will people be like, "Oh, this person says something to me. Let me get the fuck out of here before yeah, they call yeah. the cops." Now it's like, "Yo, call the cops. I've done nothing wrong." Yeah. And if the cops 
basically perpetuate what what you're saying that I did, then we're gonna have a way bigger issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I and I think I see that. But um, you know, like I said, like um, the issue with like I'm a firm believer that the whole thing with Karens is literally Karens and Kenses is that their status in America, mm-hmm. their status as just the upper echelons of society mm-hmm, yeah. is, is being not even just as them as individuals, you know, mm-hmm. just being as an entire group of people belonging to a certain group. Yeah. You know, it's just like that's being that's that's being basically tested, you know. And it's yeah. just like all that is just that rhetoric. You know, set up you know. No, nah, that's all I got. Uh all right. Uh we gonna end matter of fact I'm i I'm sick of tired of talking about Karen's I want to talk about something that a movie. First off, before I get into this movie, uh, basically I was home. You know, we all locked up in quarantine, basically. Yo, free my cousin, bro. Free my cousin. My cousin locked up. Oh like, man, no, uh, he fell. Him he fell school. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> he fell school. How the fuck you fell school? <laughs> school is at home right hey, now. You can't like, keep you know, a good brother down. Free my right. cousin. You can't keep my cousin. He can't down, keep a good brother down. Man. Yeah. I dropped this nigga off a six piece. To- Fucking judge said he only could have a four piece. Oh my god. <laughs> this shit is real bad right now, yo. Shout out to my little cousin, bro. Free, can't free, keep a real nigga down, bro. Free Brandon cousin. Can't keep a real nigga down. <laughs> he took his chicken. Algebra systemic to y'all. Like, I'm telling you, bro. Niggas be tripping with algebra. Like, but. Oh, but yeah. We, uh, I was home basically quarantined in two movies that I, I watch. Uh, the Hate That You Give. Which is a really good movie, and Just Mercy. <laughs> Sorry about that. The book. The, yeah. The book of the hate you did. I got. I gotta read that. It's really. Good. I heard it was good, but Just Mercy. I I saw the previews for this movie. I want to say like last year, twenty nineteen, and I was like, I saw Michael B. Jordan. I saw Jamie Foxx. I'm like, oh, that'd be a good movie. But since I'm home quarantine now, I was like, and the movie's free for the month of June, right? Something like that. It it's free for the month of June. Yeah. Free for the month of June. It's still June. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. This movie really touched me. Pause. It really got to... I mean... I really got to see... What has happened to our community as black folks. To see what's happening in the southern communities, I should say. And, you know... Props to Michael B. Jordan. Props to Jamie Foxx. Because they really, really did their things. Uh, we want to discuss this movie, Just Mercy. Uh, fellas, what's up? Um, what's up? Well, before we even um, get into like the specifics of the movie, I want to say about the criminal justice system in itself. Okay. Um, a lot of us say that, you know, the criminal uh, justice system is corrupt, it's not working, da-da-da, but in all actuality, it's working how it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? It's basically to um, oppress and keep us down. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I feel like that's um, one thing that we got to um, we gotta realize, like, it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Not to cut you off, but that movie did highlight a lot of exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Give the background of the movie. What's the movie about? Basically, the movie is about a young lawyer by the name of Brian Stevenson, Harvard graduate. That I want to point that out. A Harvard graduate at that time was is not is not normal. But basically, he went to the town of was it Alabama? 
the state of Alabama. And basically, you know, he was basically trying to help out some of the some of the prisoners that was facing death sentences. Just trying to, I mean, give him some some hope. The wrongly accused. Wrongly accused. You know, a lot a lot of people were like. A lot of black men were in there struggling. I remember one guy was in there just like, just happy that his his sentence was pushed back, and he just wanted somebody to talk to. But he 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 got to a young man by the name of Walter McMillan, I believe. Jamie Fox played his character, and Brian Stevenson basically saw that case, and you see, he said, "You know what? Some ain't right." Something is not right. And uh, he basically went to work. He basically went to work. I mean, he basically, uh, he did everything he could do to get this man out, to get this man justice that he deserved. And it's a really, really great act. I want to point that out. Uh, But Walter McMillan, he was accused of killing a white woman. In this in a convenience store, in, in a convenience store, and long story short, the man wasn't was nowhere near where this white woman was killed at, nowhere near. But uh, he basically was accused because he slept with a white woman outside of his his marriage or whatnot. And, you know, the town really kind of persecuted him and really like, you know, they felt the kind of way because, you know, you you can sleep with a black woman. Yes. Do sleep with all the black women you want, but you don't sleep with our white women. Taboo. The whole interracial relationship. Exactly. Yeah, they, they was not feeling that. Not feeling that at all. Now, the sad part is. That they they silenced so much of the evidence is disturbing. Yeah. They had they even had a man say he he wasn't he, he wasn't there. He didn't even know what who Walter McMillan is. The officer said, "Say Walter McMillan did this." Pretty much doctored his uh, argument. Exactly. His, uh, testimony. Exactly. And um, it it. This movie really, it really, it was a wake up call. And shouts to Brian Stevenson because he's still around promoting his his uh, his program called Equal Justice. Uh, anybody want to speak and chime in? Chime in. Yeah, I mean the basic stuff that stuck out to me was just the. I mean, it's Alabama, so you're gonna run into yeah. the racism. But like the stuff that Brian Stevenson had to go through i mean remember one memorable scene was as he was going into the prison mm-hmm. and the officer forced him to go into yeah. a room and be strip searched now he said lawyers he's a lawyer so lawyers aren't supposed to be strip searched yes he did but the officer i he did it to prove a point to him yeah. that no matter what law degree you got you still are mm-hmm. i'm not going to say the word but you know what i'm talking about and basically he went through these undermining threats. Yeah. Even with his uh his coworker, even with the person he was working with, yeah. they they gave they had a fake bomb threat on the house. Yeah. And even him getting pulled over in the middle of the in the middle of the night as he was going home to um 
to search him and just it was just basically stuff just to get him to leave yeah and through all of that he just persevered um jamie fox was jamie fox was brilliant (laughs) as always jamie fox is always i want to i want to i want to point something out uh at the the last scene well the judge scene well ah, my fault but the scene where they will have to go into the court and you notice they let all the white people in and made sure his family sat in the back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like they did not let the family in. That that right there is systemic racism. It, it tells you how 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 they feel. Exactly. It's the deep South. It, What's and, up, Kev? And um, another part of the movie that really uh, stuck out to me was um, towards the end mm-hmm. when the uh, prosecutor uh, Tom Chapman. Mm-hmm. When uh, he went up to the judge and basically was saying like, "Yo, like, he was be because he first of all he knew he knew he knew what he was doing was wrong and he cared yeah. that what he was doing is wrong. But at the same time, he was scared yeah. to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? I think I done dropped the goddamn mic. I done dropped the fucking mic, but um, <laughs> but yo, basically um. You know, um, basically, just I don't know what these guys said. Um, the movie was a great movie, but I think the main part that that they're missing, and I think the main part to take away from the movie was the reason as to why they chose this individual. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, I forget what, what was his name. Walter McMillan. Walter McMillan. You remember in the beginning, Walter McMillan, he was an adulterer, but that wasn't the bad part. The fact was that he cheated on his wife wife with what a white White woman woman. you understand what i'm saying so it was a part in that movie to whereas people were talking and they were saying that he was saying that he went from being an adulterer to cheating on his wife with a white woman and with that he became Basically, the best he became an outcast, and with that, that was their way of getting back to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was another movie. Um, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with. It's not similar in basically the tone of the movie, but um, it was a movie about it was a movie called The Express. It's talking about Ernie Davis, okay. and uh, it was an instance where he was at Syracuse, and they were talking about the other first black recruit, Obeda Stone. Obeda Stone, mm. and Ernie asked the guy like, "Oh, what the? What did he do?" And you know, they chased him off. They're like, oh, what do you do? He hit the coach. He um he was causing a ruckus. It said worse. He was sleeping with a white woman. You understand what I'm saying? So let's just yeah. look at the tone because when you think about that, that's a very important piece of that movie. Yeah. You know, even when it first started off, he he had that dialect with that sheriff already. Mm-hmm. You know, they never hinted to it at first. And I'm spoiling the shit out this movie, but again, Spoiler. forgive me. But um, it's like they already had that dialogue. They already had an understanding of who each other were, mm-hmm. you know. So that was their way of getting back from. Uh, that was the way of basically Alabama getting back at him for yeah, yeah. basically breaking an unwritten rule. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You stay in your place, we stay in ours. You know, but that just goes to show you that the dis- the disparities amongst within the criminal justice, especially in the South, yeah, dealing yeah. with um. Dealing with the uh, with the, with the death penalty, you know, but um, yeah, I just wanted to just touch up on that, you know. Definitely a great movie. Please go watch it. Highly recommend. Highly rec. Five stars. 
Hoodmanmoose is five stars. We rated five stars, yeah? Five stars, yeah? But, uh, yeah, since we're talking about, you know, injustices, we want to shout out. Hold on. I want to jump to our sports section, but we want to shout out Maya Moore. Brandon, you want to take it away? Yeah, for all you guys that don't know, I think everybody knows now, especially right now. Um, in 2018, Maya Moore, um, she's a WNBA player for the Minnesota Lynx. Fine, she stepped, <laughs> she stepped away from the game of basketball, and um, she was actually providing legal aid to a uh, prisoner by the name of Jonathan Irons. Uh, Mr. Irons was a um, an inmate in Missouri. Um, she met him in 2007. He was currently serving a 50-year sentence for burglary and assault, a crime in which he committed in St. Louis when he was 16 years old. Um, the issue with uh, Mr. Irons' case is that there were no cooperating witnesses, no fingerprints, DNA, nor blood that specifically connected him to this crime. The only evidence that they had against him was the homeowner, uh, the homeowner's name, um, the homeowner's testament uh, testimony. His name was Stanley Stotler. Um, during this um, invasion, Mr. Stotler was actually shot in the head. Wow. Um, he told the local authorities, the responding authorities, that it, would, in fact, was a man that matched Mr. Irons' description. Mr. Irons was actually taken into custody by police to where police claimed that he admitted to these crimes, but nothing was recorded. So that was the issue with... Um, with uh, Maya, with um, with the old situation, so Maya Moore got one to this. She basically put her career on the line to fight for injustices. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact is that this case was actually denied six times. Um, on the final time that it actually was passed through legislation, uh, her def- I mean, passed on to the higher authorities. Um, the Supreme Court actually listened to six hours of uh, testimony from his defense, and you know, I'm glad to say that Mr. Irons was awarded his freedom. Amen. And shout out to Maya Moore and uh, shout out to basically I'm just going to put them on that platform and call everybody out. Shout out to the women of the WNBA because this has created mm-hmm. a domino effect because not only is Maya Moore still continuing this fight for reform, she's also um, she's also got another, you know, um, colleague of hers from the WNBA and um, woman by the name of Renee Montgomery. You know, another great WNBA, another great WNBA player taking on um, stepping down to to basically call out these injustices and mm. to challenge the system and actually to be the voice for some of these people who didn't get adequate um, legal representation or or are victims of prosecutorial misconduct. And mm-hmm. basically linking this with um, with the movie of uh, Just Mercy, it's just like we need more action from citizens and most importantly for those who have the platform to make change and you know i want to take this time to really call out not taking anything from away from WNBA players because what they're doing is is excellent and hopefully they they set the example for other people to follow but just imagine how big of an impact if a lebron james would do that or a kobe bryant rip kobe or someone on their caliber to take a big stand imagine how much more we can accomplish you know so i think that a lot of players and athletes a lot of athletes should use their platform and actually mirror what maya moore is doing uh i want to i want to first off i want to look at maya moore you know 
She was at the top of her career. A lot of people don't know that. Like, she just came off a championship. Yeah. Just came off of a championship. To to sit out two years, that's amazing. That takes a lot of sacrifice. Cause, you know, athletes, I mean, people, we are, you know, we're selfish. But for her to, you know, sit out. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but Le- LeBron, he's about to make a documentary about Black Wall Street. And Chris Paul, he's also about to do a documentary on the struggles with, I believe, the HBCUs, the black, the black colleges, some of the struggles that's happening with them. But uh, I mean, it, it is just to say, just to piggyback, it's just it's, you know, they can't. They're not really sacrificing their whole years, but they are trying to put some more awareness to what they're doing. Um, anybody else want to try more of their stories out there? Yeah, like, you know, because a lot of people don't know about the Black Wall Street being more more than an athlete, mm-hmm. where it's not just you know shut up and dribble. Yeah, but um, basically to uh, piggyback over what uh, these guys were saying, um, I do appreciate what these um, athletes are doing and mm-hmm. also what they're trying to do, but. Um, to switch sports, <laughs> a sport that just don't seem to get it is the NFL. Oh, Jesus. Is the oh, NFL. <laughs> now, you guys knew where I was going with this. <laughs> you, you knew where I was going. First of all, first of all, right? Uh-oh. Why do you think playing the Black National Anthem... <laughs> It's sufficient. It's sufficient. So you trying to tell me, Colin Kaepernick kneeling? Oh no, you can't do that. Blackballed, right? You got players speaking out, whatever. First, this is a money move. Let's let's be for real. This is just a money move. You know what I'm saying? You don't care. You don't care about your African American players. You the the people that the people that make the league. You don't you don't care about them. You don't. You just care about the green that the blacks bring in. That's what you care. The ignorant ish. That ignorant ish. You feel me? Like, like, what do you mean? Like that. That just it irks me so much. It irks me so much. The black national anthem. What do you think? Oh, oh, let's let's give them some music so they can shuck and jive on the on the field. Like, what? What is that gonna? Oh yeah, that's gonna appease me, Roger Goodell, dickhead. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Oh, Another one, Rob Snyder. Really, it really take that much for you to change the name of your team? Oh, my for real? Matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it off to the Redskins fan. Hold up, sing. And this is coming from a diehard, lifelong Washington fan. I won't even bring myself to call him that name because it's a racial <laughs> slur. Wow. I mean, Can't they just call him the Red Hawks? I, mean, I ain't never seen no red hawks. A red hawk. I mean, I mean, there's the Montclair State Red Hawks. I mean, it's I mean, simple. This is coming from a lifelong Washington franchise football fan. I can tell you each quarterback from each Super Bowl. I can, I can tell you, I can, I can tell you about our quarterback history and all that stuff. I'm all for it, man. And Dan Schneider just seems not to get it. He just seems not to get it. It's like, could you imagine? And we. Me and my me and my brothers, we had this talk before. Could you imagine a team like called like the Coons or the Zulus? <laughs> not even 
Not even oh, the spear chuckers and stuff like that. I mean, it's like it's. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember. It was actually something on YouTube. This guy actually, um, he was a Washington Redskins fan, and you know how they have the Redskins shirt with mm-hmm. the um the, the Native American on it. Yes. it. He actually made a shirt and it said Caucasians. He's actually a player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, forgot I forgot his name, but Bomani Jones. Bro, we we working we working on um we working on giving y'all people names, bro. <laughs> but like, you know, you gotta. Anyway, we'll but um, <laughs> but yeah, but um, he had this um, he had a shirt and it was Caucasian. It literally said Caucasians, and he was walking through the street, and people and white people were actually confronting him, saying that that shirt was offensive. You know, so I mean, it's funny you brought that up. Right? I mean, my t- this team has a, I mean, and like I said, as much as I love the team, it has a history of racism. Uh, it has a history of racism, even going back to the owner. Okay. And it also goes back to they didn't. They were the last team to integrate. I think that was finally. I th- I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I want to say 1960. When Ernie Davis was Ernie playing, Davis, he did, had the number one draft. Pick, he right? had the number one draft pick. And he he did the. He, he didn't want. No, he didn't want to like they drafted him, but he said, "If you draft me, I will not play for you." Are you serious? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yo, That's the because the, movie, the owner was a bigot. The way the movie played it off, they actually had him um because at that time that's when the Browns actually drafted um what was it? Um oh, fuck Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. They drafted Jim Brown, but I didn't know I didn't know that part because the, the way the movie played it off, they actually had the owner of the Redskins call the Browns. And I thought that they traded the pick, but I didn't know Ernie Davis turned it down. That's a little fun fact. Yeah, it's a long history of racism that like as much as it, I love my team, it pains me just to look back to that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for. I I wouldn't mind if they change the name. Like the yeah. his, I mean, if they change the name, but you can't. So like you can change the name, but the history still there. Like I mean, it's racist as fuck. Yeah, it's racist. Yeah, it is. Like, that's, it, it's a, it's like it racist all the way down to the owners. I was gonna say if Aunt Jemima they, could change the name, yes. but, like, <laughs> Yo, it's to the point they took they took the original owner. They took his uh they took him off like the 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 ring of or the Hall of Fame or the yeah. ring of the Ring of Honor. The NFL got they got a nasty ass documentary. I need to. <laughs> they was it was to the point they was talking about. I'm not sure if. If it would equate to the same thing, but they was talking about changing the name of the Cowboys at one time. Mm. But I'm not sure because if you look back into the history of the Cowboys, there were black, black Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like that's just the issue with you see now with um, it's all everything is everything has something to do with optics and you know everything looks good but it's not really eliminating the actual issue yeah. you know what i'm saying like prime example with the redskins is the name offensive yes remove the name but that's just for the optic appearance you know you really want real change it's not a lot of minority owners or head coaches in the nfl address that issue how do you have an organization that 70 percent makeup of african americans but yet you have no one in management nor leadership positions that's an issue and i think that's the biggest problem with a lot of stuff that's going on now especially like with canceling this and canceling that you know i'm not like i said i'm really not for that because of the optical illusion like yeah it looks good but it's not really really eliminating the problem you know what i'm saying we have people's ear but it doesn't matter if you have someone's ear Unless you don't have any legislation, legislation or anything or to reflect or real justice to reflect that mindset, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just like 
if a racist person, if a if a Klansman takes off his hood, does it does he stop becoming a Klansman? Exactly. He just I clears know. up the what the optic. Mm-hmm. You know what Duke I'm saying? So that's something the, that you have to really per, perfect David example. Duke was ahead of the Ku Klux Klan. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like take the hood off and become a politician. Like, do I agree wow. that the name? I agree that the name should be changed, but it's way more than just changing names or knocking down statues. It's like, a start, like one thing I do agree on, which is kind of um, Princeton actually removed the uh, Mahal associated with Woodrow Wilson, mm-hmm. but I I agree why because he was a guy he was the president who accident who actually praised the birth of a nation. Wow, you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I get that. Yeah, you know, so it's just like you know I'm I'm all for changing things that may offend people not really a fan of like arguing pronouns because that's literally what it is yeah. but i'm more big on the optics are one thing but you have to create change from within mm-hmm. really look at the scope of your organization and literally see like look we have if you have something that's 70 percent of a specific ethnicity mm-hmm. then at least I'm going to say 35 to 40 percent of your executive team or your leadership board should reflect that. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just my biggest issue. And I'm calling out the NBA, too, because the NBA is the same fucking way, you know, but they do a better job of hiding it. You know what I'm saying? They allow players to have that platform to where it's like, oh, yeah, you can wear Black Lives Matter on your jersey. But then it's just like that's for what? It's optics. We're, we're, we're arguing optics. It's like, bro. That's not what players really want. We don't really. We, that's not what society really wants right now. At the same time, you know? they give them. They give them that that chance. Platform. They give them a platform. It it just feels like NFL is is more of a shut up, yeah. chill out. Don't talk about that. We're not talking about that. Like like when when Colin when yeah when Colin they don't they really try to stay away from politics as hard as they can, because uh, Jerry Jones is really best friends with Trump. So it's built. Like they and that that's why you won't hear Jerry Jones say Black Lives Matter, because I'm I'm fr- I'm I'm bumping elbows with a lot of these politicians and they don't want to ruin that. They don't want to mess up the money. I get it. The NBA, they kind of risk it. They risk a little bit more than NFL. And I agree with you, but the thing that people really have to remember is that. The NFL is pro-military yeah. and pro-police, bro. Yeah. NFL is literally one of the if one of the few, if not the only organization that literally allows members to serve in the military and mm-hmm. actually give them an opportunity to play in the NFL. Because mm-hmm. there's certain players that, you know, they, they serve their country and they actually got drafted. Mm-hmm. So I get that, you know, so not making an excuse for it, but basically just trying to understand this. The sponsor that we're trying to tackle, yeah. and also even with the whole thing with, with, with um with kneeling, mm-hmm. Trump Trump already explained that when this first instance happened, yes, he was yeah. saying how many tax breaks does the NFL get? Mm-hmm. So I get it. Like you're right, politics are involved, and all this right now is literally Goodell was on his way out. All of this now is the safest fucking legacy. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And I get that, but it's just like address the issue. Allowing the Black National Anthem to be played for week one <laughs> is not the it's issue. It's allow these, it's but it's allow these individuals to show their their grievance against the government or show their up uh, to to show their emotions 
to a government as long as you're doing it in a respectful manner. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I hate when people say, oh, you do that on your own time, but then when you're off or when you're at work, you know, you, 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 you're punching, you're on the clock. Certain people are allowed to do that. You understand what I'm oh, saying? Man. Certain people can go to work yeah. and come home and still have a strong enough presence to have that platform. Mm-hmm. When you look at African-Americans and their relations to sports, mm-hmm. when you look at the John Carloses and when you look at the Muhammad Ali's, they use boxing. As, they they use, sports. I'm sorry, they use sports mm-hmm. as their platform to address it. So this isn't just something mm-hmm. that is new. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think they need to take that into consideration the main thing is kneeling had nothing to do with disrespecting the flag. Like, you know what yeah, like, You know what I'm saying? They turned it, they into, turned it, into, it into that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to this new <laughs> segment that they gave us. <laughs> A&N News. It's a minute. A&N News. A&N News. Today News. Yeah. I ain't going to do the weird voice. But uh, today I want to talk about something petty, something very petty. Petty, but I love the cause. As you see that Black Lives Matter is being painted all over cities. I believe Newark, we just painted it. Shout out to Aunt, my Aunt Amira. Yes, she sir. Our Aunt, Aunt Amira, she helped Amira paint it. Yes, sir. She helped paint in downtown Newark, Black Lives Matter in yellow paint. Very bright and very beautiful. Uh, shout outs to Mayor de Blasio for being very, very petty. <laughs> He decided to let the order of paint uh, of the people to paint Black Lives Matter in front of the Trump Tower. <laughs> That's petty. Yo, how petty you gotta be? I love it. That's petty. I love it. Right yes, really? yes. So every time you go to the Trump Tower, you will see Black Lives Matter painted in yellow. Petty boy Floyd. Uh, today, Mr. Pop Smoke, rest in peace, he released his album. Anybody hear it? Anybody hear it? I heard the first half of the album. Okay. Um, so far, I like it. Nice, So nice, far, nice. I like it. That's what's up. I didn't have a chance to listen to it, over, over, but I did hear good reviews. Nice, nice, nice. Rest in peace to Pop Smoke, man. And shout out to 50 for uh, finishing the album. Yeah. Shout out to 50 was, for finishing his album. That was, that was you much get love. What I'm saying? He got input from his mom on the um. The album art and all that. Shout out to Fifty. You heard the whole issue with his uh, his artwork with Virgil. The first artwork nah. was horrible. Yeah, Virgil Ibla. Like, it looked like, like he just the, literally. Um, it looked like he just literally just threw something together. Threw something together. Like, yeah. Like, like yeah, you know, it don't matter. Come on, I'm, come I'm, on, Virgil. Come honestly, on, Virgil. Though, like um, I started listening to Pop Smoke album. It's a pretty decent album. I haven't finished it yet. I think it's gonna be really good. But also, bro, shout out to Westside Gun for dropping um yes, sir, for dropping his latest show. album, bro. Like. Westside Gun, like I've been telling niggas this for a minute, yo. He's starting to really become the top of like he's he's improving every time we hear him, bro. And I literally think he's he's slowly starting to become my favorite member of uh Griselda's, you know. Nice. You since, know, so since we shouting out albums, uh shout out to the dude Nick Grant for putting out an EP album. Um Nick Grant's a rapper from South Carolina, but if you listen to his flow, it kinda has that firm fiasco A Z type. Flow nice, nice, nice. and every album he puts out from the '88 mixtape to Return of the Cool mm-hmm. to this current one right now is it's called uh, "God Bless the Child" okay. that he put out with a producer named T- Tay Beast. Uh, 
I always say Nick Grant is always consistent lyrically. He's never he's never lacking. Just like I said, I highly recommend that you listen to him. And uh if you like ratchet trap music like I do, Gucci Man dropped the album out too. <laughs> but listen, we want to thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is our third episode. Uh huh. What's up? We want to thank you guys. This is Hood Mimosas. We want to thank. I want to shout out my boy Dre for I Care Less Podcast. I want to shout out uh, all my friends, my family. I want to shout out everybody. I want to shout out you guys because, you know, we've been doing it very consistently. This is our third episode. Third episode. Third episode? I mean, we, we got to keep it going, fellas. But thank y'all for listening. We are out. We are yeah. Hood mimosas. Shout out to my cousin Mary. <laughs> Hood mimosas. We out. We out.